Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Let's open our Bibles to Deuteronomy. We want to get into the Word. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter number 10 is where I want to start this morning. And I've been going back and forth for the last several days. Just what do you want me to teach, Father? What What's on your heart? You know, got a lot of things we could teach. And but I, I want to do what God wants me to do. And uh, so I want to talk to you today. One of the things that's been really heavy on my heart for months and months, and probably years, I guess, but more uh, predominantly uh, over the last few months is the fear of the Lord. On, and um, when I'm talking about the fear of the Lord, um, I'm not talking about us being afraid of God. The fear of the Lord doesn't mean I'm scared of God. The fear of the Lord means I honor God. The word, the fear of the Lord means to honor Him. It means to be in awe of Him. It means to reverence Him. And here's a good word. It means that God's word carries weight in your life. And when God's word carries weight in your life, you don't live the same. You don't talk the same. You don't act the same. The way you live your life, the way you raise your children, the way you connect with your pastors, everything encompasses the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is not a subject that we study, but a life we live. It's not just a subject that we study and then we go on with it and say, that was great, or something that your pastor was preaching last week on building your life on the Word of God, the rock, the Word. That's not a message that you just receive and go, that's great, Pastor. Let's go to the next one. No, it's something you build your life on. And when you build your life on the fear of the Lord or the honor of the Lord, it will manifest in your life. You don't have to tell people. They'll see it. And so when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about a subject matter that is lost in the local church. Not this one, but lost in the local church as a general rule. I think one of the reasons why we don't see the power of God in the local church the way God wants us to see it is because there's a lack of the fear of the Lord. We don't live our lives, and I'm not here to correct you. That's not my place. I'm just trying to help you see some things today. When we don't live our life to honor God, and we don't live our life in fear of Him, reverencing Him, why would we ever expect Him to show out here? Why would we ever expect God to honor us when we don't honor Him? Why would we expect God to move in miracles and signs and wonders if we're not in reverential fear of Him? Are you with me? They asked Brother Hagin, it was actually Keith Moore many years ago, asked Brother Hagin, Kenneth E. Hagin Sr. He traveled with him for some, some, some time. And he asked him, he said, he said um, Brother Hagin, he said, how come we don't see the miracles and signs and wonders in the local church today. He said, everywhere we travel, we don't see, we see a little bit here and a little bit there, and maybe somebody gets healed of some minor thing, but why don't we see the miracles, and why don't we see what the early church sees? And Brother Hagin, without hesitation, he said, it's easy. He said, until there comes a, 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 a restoration of honor, you'll not have more manifestation of his power. He said there has to come a restoration of honor, which is what? A restoration of the fear of the Lord. So when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, we're talking about a believer or a child of God that is in awe of God. 
that His Word carries so much weight in their life. That they don't live the way they want to live. They submit themselves to the Word of God. The fear of the Lord is to submit yourself to God. The fear of the Lord, I submit to Him in the fear of the Lord. Again, not afraid of Him, but in honor of Him. And so He said for us to see more miracles and signs and wonders and for that power to return to the local church, there must come a restoration of honor. There must come a restoration of the fear of the Lord. And you're the only one that knows whether you fear the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? You'll find out today whether you do or not. And that's not a criticism. But how many of y'all know it's the word that gives us the insight to know whether I'm really moving with God in this area or I'm not. And I think the, the way the church looks today is because of that. And I think there's a lack of, uh, of honor in the, in the things of God today. And I think that we, we are trying to change so much to please the culture instead of taking the word to change the culture. We're letting the culture change the church instead of the church changing the culture. How I many of y'all know we weren't, we weren't called to, to acclimate to the current conditions of the world? We were called as a voice in the last day to stand up for truth and to speak the word of God no matter who comes or who leaves. To stand in the truths of God's word and hold fast to the truths of God's word. Amen. And, and that's, what, that's what we're going to talk about today. So I want to begin here over in the New Old Testament here. And so many scriptures in the, in the Word of God deal with the fear of the Lord. And I would, I would tell you to, to study that out. But anyway, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse number 12, it says, And now Israel, or we can say God's children, what doeth the Lord thy God require? The Hebrew word there for require means demand. What does God's word, what does God demand out of me? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, to keep his commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day, notice this, for thy good. So he's saying here, what do you, what do you require out of me, Lord? What is it that you want out of me? What can I do to cooperate with you more? What can I do for you to move through me more? What can I do, Father? And what did he say? He said, for you to fear the Lord. How do I fear the Lord? By obeying his word. If we don't obey the Lord or we don't obey the word, there's really a lack of the fear of the Lord in our life. When we want our own way, when we want to do our own thing, there's a lack of the fear of the Lord. When we don't want to change, when we hear the word of God, doesn't mean we're bad people, just means there's a lack of awe or the lack of the fear of the Lord in our life. And, and, and sometimes if we're not careful, we can view God's word as optional. Well, that's Old Testament. Well, there's New Testament scriptures we'll get into as well. And so he's saying, what does God require out of me? Do you know God requires things if you're going to walk close to him? He's not rewarding your works. It's not about works. But how many of y'all know when you get born again, it is work to work on your flesh and to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. And it's really the word of God flowing into your life through obedience. It's not God rewarding your works. It's the word of God flowing through a channel that has decided to obey God's word. It's flowing through a vessel that will fear the Lord. And when you fear the Lord, it shows up in the way you live. So the fear of the Lord we can see is to obey God's word. Notice it's not a suggestion. So what, what, what do you require out of me, God, if I'm going to walk close to you, that you fear me? 
that you're in awe of me, that you reverence me. And then they, then he then says, well, how do we do that? He says, by the word, by the word, by you obeying the word of God, by you obeying his commandments. Now look at this in Psalms 128. Psalms 120. Well, let me, let me, this is my notes, but let's go over here and look at it. In Deuteronomy 5, back up just a couple verses. Back up just a couple verses or a couple chapters. Deuteronomy chapter 5. And look at this in verse 29. It says, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. Not sometimes, not when it's convenient. Always. Look at this, that it might go well with them and with their children forever. So notice he says here, the, the cry of the heart is, oh, from God, oh. That word, oh, means that's something you ought to pay attention to. Oh, yes. oh you know, that, that's really a, a, an endearing word. Oh, that they would have a heart. Yes. Why would God say, oh, that they would have a heart? Because when they have a heart to serve me and they align their life with me and they walk in the fear of the Lord with me, then my blessing will get on their life. Yeah. It's the blessing of God that flows through obedience. Yeah. It's the blessing of God that flows through the fear of the Lord. We know that Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1 and 2 through about 6 there. You can read that later. Amen. So we're talking about the fear of the Lord. Is it possible for a believer to live their life and yet they don't live in the fear of the Lord? Absolutely. Is it possible for a child of God to to, to not live their life in the fear of God, to not obey the word? Yeah. Because many people, when they hear the word of God, they say, well, that's not relevant to me today. That doesn't fit with the culture today. Pastor is just extreme. No, we're not. We're trying to get us positioned so the blessing of God would flow into our life without hindrance. How many of y'all know it's not God hindering us or hindering the flow? It's us hindering the flow. It's us hindering the cooperation of the Spirit. When God begins to talk to you about things in your life that are out of His will... He's only doing that not to control you, but to get that which is wrong in him so that he can still flow through your life. And it's the fear of the Lord that will do that. A lack of the fear of the Lord won't do that. We'll hear the word of God and then you will reason out in our mind how we can do what we want to do instead of doing what God told us to do. This This should be a weight in your life every day. Do I fear God? Do I have a fear of God in my life? Well, if you obey the word of God, you do. If you look at God's word as optional, you do not. And it will hinder the power of God in a local church. It will hinder the power of God in your life. And it will keep things from happening that God wants to happen. Because he's not going to reward a people that is in disobedience. He's not going to reward a, a people that could care less about hearing his word and will only come when it's convenient. There's too much casualness in the things of God. And when we take that casualness over into our relationship with God, it diminishes power. Diminishes power. Look at this in Psalms 128. Psalms 128. Are you all with me today? All right, don't tune me out. Psalms 128. Notice this powerful scripture here. It says in verse 1, it says, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. 
blessed, empowered to prosper yeah. would be a better word. Yeah. Well, maybe not better, but a, but a, a word that accompanies blessed. Yeah. Blessed is the person that will fear me. The blessing will follow the fear of the Lord. Psalms 112, look at this. There's just some scriptures that talk about this. Psalms 112. And it says in verse number 1, Psalms 112, verse 1, it says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man or the woman that feareth. That word fear is the same word for honor. Blessed is the man that honors the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Not just delight, not just, oh, that's convenient. No, they, they delight greatly. In other words, there's something that I need to hear that I'm delighting in. And that's the word of God. They delight greatly in that. Are you with me? And it says, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generations of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endureth forever. Notice what it says, bless, or excuse me, praise the, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord. Blessed is the man that honors the Lord. Do we honor the Lord? Are we afraid of the Lord in, a, in an awe way, in a fearful way? That we're in all of Him. Does this word carry weight in our life? When the Bible tells us to forgive, do we forgive or do we hold things against people? Do we forgive? Do we release that, them people, from us? Do we forgive? Are we quick to repent? When thing, God deals with you about things in your life, are we quick to repent? If you have the fear of the Lord, you are. If you have the fear of the Lord, you're trying to get out of sin, not trying to figure out how to make it work and just barely get in heaven. No, you're working this thing out of your life. You're saying, Father, if there, if there, I, my, my life is open to you, is there there's something in my life that you want to say to me? Is there something in my life that I'm overlooking? Do you want to speak to me? Is there something you need to say to me? This is what's going to create power in your life. Is when we go through our day and allowing that word to be weighty on me. I can't say that to that person. I can't hold unforgiveness towards them. I can't do that. Why? Because I fear the Lord. I honor Him. And to honor Him is to honor His Word. His Word becomes the action of your day. His Word becomes your action. This is the fear of the Lord. No matter what you feel, no matter what someone's done, I, a, a person that fears the Lord cannot be offended. Because we don't hold on to offenses. We let them go. We don't hold on things against people. We don't hold grudges. We don't get into bitterness. We release that because I fear the Lord. Because I want His Word working in my life. And when we don't fear the Lord, that's where we have all kinds of problems in our life. And that's where it stops revelation from flowing. Causes doors to open in our life when we don't fear the Lord. Samuel was a good example of that. First Samuel chapter 2. I'm not going to turn there. But, uh, but, uh, or Eli, rather. And Eli would not discipline his children. Eli was a priest. He was a priest for 40 years. And, and uh, Samuel had a dream about him. And, and he was just a young lad. And he came, to, he came to Eli. And, you know, the first time he came, he had a dream. And he said, is it you? He said, I heard your voice. He said, it's not me. Go back to sleep. And did it three times. The third time, he said, if it happens again on the third time, just say, Lord, speak. Your servant heareth. So Samuel's laying down, had another dream, and he began to tell, tell uh, Samuel about what was going to happen to Eli. Wow. 
And Eli, the next morning, he said, now I want you to tell me what God showed you and don't you spare anything. And he started telling him, he said, your sons are of the devil, basically. They are sleeping with women at the altar. They are, they are d- diminishing God's offerings. They are violating everything within the temple. Your kids are out of order. And you know what he told uh, Samuel, Samuel told Eli? He said, God said, you need to correct them, and you're not correcting them. And he, did, he said, if you don't correct your children, they will both die at the same time. Well, Eli, he basically just said, y'all stop it. And God told him, he sent another man of God. We don't know who it was, but it was a man of God that went to him. And he said, you don't honor what I told you to do. And he said, if you honor me and you honor my things, I will honor you. But if you don't honor me, you will be lightly esteemed. And then he began to tell uh, Eli, God did, God began to tell him what was going to take place. And Eli's response was, well, let God do what he wants to do. He had so moved away from God in his heart that he would no longer allow the word to carry weight. When God speaks to you about things and we make excuses why we don't do it, the word is not carrying the weight in your life that it should. And so now, because the word is not carrying weight in his life, he's starting to drift away, drift away from God, accepting the behavior of his children, accepting those things, because he's in the priesthood. And God said, and he came from Aaron, and he said, I told you that your priesthood would last forever, would go down to your children, to their children, and your children. And he said, not so. He said, because you would not correct your children He said, there will never be anybody in your life that lives a long life. Because of you, Eli, you won't let the word carry weight because you don't fear me. There's not a fear in your life. And so they sent these boys out in in war, and both of these boys were killed at the same time. Word came back to Eli, and he was sitting on a stool of sorts, and he was sitting there, and, and they came back, and they said, both of your sons are dead. And he wanted to know if the Ark of the Covenant was there because the Ark of the Covenant during that time was a protection, yeah. God's presence. Yeah. And you know what they said? The Ark was there. And he fell off his stool and broke his neck and died because he knew the presence of the Lord was there, but because of his lack of fear of the Lord, it didn't defend him. Wow. Thousands of people lost their life that day. So God takes this serious. Listen, I know what's happening in the world today. I know what the church looks like today. But don't mistake God's silence for his approval. Jesus is coming real soon. And when he comes, God's going to deal with all this stuff. But I'm telling you, for you and I, there's nothing more important right now than what we need to do is to get everything in Christ. And we need to have such a fear, such an honor of God that His Word carries weight on our life that we're not trying to make excuses while we can't serve Him. And excuses while we're not obeying Him. This is very, very important. So the fear of the Lord was the foundation that God started the people with. 
He said, this is going to be a foundation you got to build your life on, just like your pastor was preaching on the word being the foundation of your, of your family. This is going to be the foundation. Foundation of every family, the foundation of every society, the foundation of anyone and everyone should be the fear of the Lord. Understanding it. And he said, blessed is everyone that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. That we don't look at God's commandments as a hardship. It's something hard to do. But something we say, Father, I see that in your word, you're right. My pastor was preaching on it. You're right. I'm wrong. I repent of that. That's the fear of the Lord. And I'm going to get that right in my life. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to be committed. I no longer want my way. I want your way. Praise the Lord. Look at this in Deuteronomy chapter 30. I know there's a lot of scriptures that deal with this. And um, I'm just picking some of these that I think would help us. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Psalms, uh, excuse me, in Deuteronomy chapter 30, look at this real quick. Thank you, Father. It says here in verse number 10, it says, If thou will hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is, it is hidden, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up into heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over to the sea and bring it unto us, that there may hear and to do it. See, this is important, that we may hear and to do it. And notice what he says over here in verse, if thou will hearken unto me and to his voice. How do I hearken unto the Lord and to his voice? By hearkening to his word. By saying what the word of God says. By doing what the word of God tells us to do. And this really was, was, was one of the most powerful things in the early church. This is what empowered the early church so very much was them learning and gleaning from the Pentateuch or the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, and bringing that over into the way that they live. This should be something that all of us, regardless of what's going on in the world, this should be at the heart's cry of all of us, that, Father, that I would fear you. That I would fear you. That your word would carry weight in my life. Are you with me? Now let's go over here to Acts chapter number 9. Acts chapter number 9. The fear of the Lord will affect your priorities. How you make decisions. You know why? Because it carries weight in your life. It carries weight in your life. It affects your decisions. I can't go there no more. Because I fear the Lord. I can't watch those movies no more. Because there's a fear of the Lord. I can't listen to that music no more because of the fear of the Lord. I can't do those things that I used to do anymore with my body and go places and think certain ways. I can't let my thinking just have its way in my life anymore. I've got to draw it in by the fear of the Lord. It's amazing to me how many people can go see movies and sit in a movie hall and they have cursing and women wearing dental floss and and half naked and all these things going on and people just sit there and eat popcorn and coke and hope you don't see your pastor when you walk out. And we call ourselves Christians. 
which means to be what? Christ-like. There's no fear of the Lord. Instead of going, I don't want to put myself in a position like that that's going to compromise me nor my relationship with God or things i got to deal with in my mind when I walk out of this place. I'm not going to hang around them no more because they're not going in the same direction as I'm going. i got to pull away from that because I fear the Lord, because I honor God. There must come a restoration of honor. In our own lives, a restoration of honor, to honor his word. And this is why they had such power in the early church. Look at this in Acts chapter 9. And it says in verse number 31, it says, Then had the churches rest throughout all Judea and and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost, look at this, were multiplied. One translation says they honored God by the way they lived. One translation said because they feared God, it affected the way they lived. When we have a real fear of the Lord, it will affect the way we live. It will affect the way we talk. It will affect the way we act. It will affect how we make decisions. And this is why the early church had so much power. There was power in the early church, amen, because of this. And I like this. This was uh, one, um, let's see if I have it with me. One Greek scholar wrote this, uh, which I thought was really good on this verse, uh, this scripture. It says, the fear of the Lord, out of this same verse 31, the fear of the Lord expresses their holy walk. The fear of the Lord expressed their holy walk. In other words, when you looked at someone in the early church, you seen the fear of God. By their actions, by the way they lived. How many of y'all know Jesus is coming back for a church without spot and without wrinkle? He's coming back for a church that's on fire for him. He's coming back for a church that is wanting him to come back. He's coming back for a church that is waiting on him to come back. He's not coming back for a church that you got one foot in the world and one foot in God. One foot in godliness and one foot in ungodliness. It's astounding to me what's going on in the body of Christ. And just recently, uh, you know, someone was, you know, talking about having people over their house to gamble and gamble, you know, play cards and gamble and, and money. And this is what we do at home. Where's the fear of God and people anymore? This is just the way we live. This is the places that we go. Or the way we talk to one another. And we're unkind. And maybe not you, but you might know somebody. Send them this tape. It might help them. That we're not kind to one another, that we're snippy, that we're short. Instead of walking in the love of God, the love of God is the fear of God. He said to walk in all his commandments. Well, if you just endeavor to walk in the love of God, you'll fulfill all of them. Yeah, people are moving in a different direction. He says here, it says the fear of the Lord expresses their holy walk. Your, Your life, my life, ought to express the fear of the Lord. People ought to look at you and go, you know what? There's just something different about you. You, you just don't act the way other people act. You, you don't seem like other people seem. You, you, know, you, you carry yourself. What is it that's different about you than everybody else in this company? And you start talking about how you submitted your life to the Lordship of Jesus. 
you submitted your life and allowed the Word of God to carry weight in your life to help you. And it opens people's eyes to see something they haven't seen before because most churches don't live like this, I can tell you. Most church people don't live like this. Now, I'm not being critical. I'm just being honest. And in any moment, you can change. In any moment, you can allow God to show you and put a light on your life in the areas of your life where you know you're wrong, where you know things aren't right, and say, Father, you're right, I'm wrong. I repent of that right now in the name of Jesus. And just a moment of time, you get right back in the race with God. In a moment of time, you can make things right. You don't have to carry a long period of time in your life. You recognize it because God shines a light on that. And when he shines his truth and his light on that area of your life, you're quick to get that in Christ. And he starts talking to you about what you're doing on social media, all the things that you say and all the things that you talk and the criticisms and the stuff you read, the stuff that's good and bad and all in between. And we consume ourselves with all those things and we're so concerned about people's opinions. And yet time every day is lost from the word, from God's presence, and we're moving further and further away from God, we don't even realize it. Well, praise the Lord. It expresses a holy walk. That's what the fear of the Lord does. It'll put something in you. And all the devil's trying to do right now is get the fight out of you. Hey, you to compromise. And not walk in the power of God. And not lay hands on the sick. And not be the light in a dark place. At some point we have to rise. Now Isaiah 60 say that? It says gross darkness is going to cover the people. But what do we need to do? We need to rise. We need to rise out of darkness. We need to rise out of that place. Why? Because we fear the Lord. The condition of your life should matter to you. The condition of your spiritual life should matter to you. It should matter to you how you live. It should matter to you how you parent. It should matter to you how you're carrying your life every day. If you're born again, it should matter. So it says out of this verse, that says the, the fear of the Lord expresses their holy walk. The comfort of the Holy Ghost, their peace and joy in believing under the silent operation of the blessed comforter. So these people in the, in, the, in, the, in the early church, they had such a reverence for God. They had such an honor for God that they didn't want to get out of sorts with God. They wanted to flow in the blessing of God. They wanted to flow in obedience with God, and they stood out. They stood out. Something was different about them. In the average church today, you can go in there, don't look any different than the world. We want to be entertained not scripturally taught. What's happened to doctrine in the church? We've replaced that with, with hip things. With someone just talking for an hour and not saying anything. No, no conviction. No confrontation. No doctrine. Slowly lullabying people away from God. That's what's happening in the church. And at some point, you know, at some point we have to uh, wake up. And messages like this will help you wake up to say, my God, I don't have to keep doing what I'm doing. I need to change. I need to change the way I'm thinking. I need to change the way I'm acting. I need to change the way I'm believing. 
something is not right with me. I need to get right with God. I believe there's a convicting power of the Holy Spirit that's coming on the local church today to convict people, not condemn them, but to convict them of the way they're living so that they can get right with God. Hallelujah. Psalms 111, don't turn there, but it says the fear, Psalms 111.10, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those that do his commandments. See, when you don't fear the Lord, you shut down wisdom. You shut down revelation. You come in the church and leave the same way. Because there's areas of our life that we all aren't right, and we're not dealing with them, so it hinders power. No longer do we feel convicted about something because we've just learned to run over that void. And I believe God is sending a great conviction to the local church today that I'm coming. And I'm not coming for a weak, broke, beat-up church. I'm coming for a church that fears me. I'm coming for a church that is going to honor me. I'm coming for a church that is waiting on me to come. And when we're waiting on him to come, how many of y'all know we're adjusting our life to that? We're not going to continue to live the same way we've been living. Look at this in Ecclesiastes. Praise the Lord. Ecclesiastes. Thank you, Father. And I'm not trying to be negative today. I'm trying to show you some things. Maybe about why things are the way they are in your life or why things maybe aren't changing. This is a major, major deal in the, in the body of Christ. And, um, of course, when we come to the book of Ecclesiastes, this is Solomon. Of course, we know he was one of the richest and most powerful men that has ever lived uh, on the earth, even to this day. I don't know that anybody was as rich as him and had more material things than him. Um, and this is something I, pull, uh, I, I like to look at because you're looking at somebody that in the natural possessed everything you could ever possess. And yet, let's look at his view. I don't know. Can you pull up an amplified version back there uh, on verse number 13? If you could pull that up. I want us to see this. Uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. It says, all has been heard. The end of the matter is Fear God. He said at the end of my whole life, this is the culmination of what I've learned. What did he say? Fear God. Worship him with all. What he was singing. All filled reverence. Knowing that he is almighty God and keep his commandments for this applies to every person. Now, that's the AMC or the AMP or whatever you want to do. I want to read it out of the, the other one that is uh, AM, was the AMC? We got a lot of stuff. I feel like I'm at the, yeah. I don't know, anyway. Do you have the AMC version? Let's pull that up. This gets into it just a little bit more. All has been heard. The end of the matter is this. Fear God. Reverence Him. Worship Him. Knowing that He is. And keep His commandments. For this is the whole of man. 
Look at this. The full original purpose of his creation. The object of God's providence, the root of character, the foundation of all happiness, the adjustment to all in harmonious circumstances, and the conditions under the sun and the whole duty of every man. So you have somebody looking back toward the end of this and saying, this is the summation, this is the, the big kahuna. This is the most important part. But you know what? You don't hear many messages about the fear of the Lord or about honoring God today. It's all about church growth and it's all about pleasing people and it's all about the things that we make that are natural. What about telling people to live right? What about telling people to keep their britches on? What about telling people to, to live godly and holy? What about confronting lifestyles that you know aren't right? This is the way love works. This is the height of love. Is to tell people where they're wrong so they can make wrong right. Not where they feel condemned, but you convicted about, my God, I need to get this right. He said this, he says, knowing him and to keep his commandments, he said this is the whole matter. Fear God, the whole matter. Of all of it, all of it. What, what's the most important, Solomon? Fear God. What was the most important to God? Fear me. God's the one that said that. He did it all the way back in the garden before the, they ever fell. What, did, what happened to Adam and Eve? There was a lack of the fear of the Lord to obey his word. Casualness with God. Casualness with his word. Well, praise God. So he notice he says, and keep his commandments. For this is the whole of man, the full original purpose of his creation. The object of God's providence, the root of character. This is the, this is the root of character. When I have a character problem, not that you're a character, you probably know some, but the character, the way you live your life, the root of that is the fear of the Lord. It's the fear of the Lord. I do those things because I don't fear the Lord. And we have somebody looking back saying this and this is the most important, this is the most important part. Is faith important? Of course faith is important. But faith is not going to work in a, in a person that doesn't fear the God. Won't work. We've got to allow God's word to have free course in our life. We've got to allow God's word to speak to us. We've got to look at our own life and say, Father, am I flowing with you? Father, am I right with you? You ought to think about that right now while you're sitting there. Am I right with you? Do I fear you? Is there a real reverential fear in my life? I don't know. That's between you and God. The fear of the Lord is reverent. The fear of the Lord is honor and it's obedience to do his word. What would happen? I said this to my own church. I said, what would happen? What could happen in a local church where everybody would take a message like this? And go home and clean everything out. And clean everything up. And clean our mind up. And clean our life up. What would happen if we took this message and said, you know what? This is going to be the thing that rules and runs my life. That I am in awe of God. That I fear God. That I honor God. And I'm going to let him 
and his word have a place in my life to change me? And what would happen to our families? What would happen to our community? What would happen to a church like this that all of us are working? We're not perfect, but we're working on ourselves every day. And we all come through that back door to come into a place like this. You would have power like you've never seen. He said, those who honor me, I will honor. And those who don't honor me will be lightly esteemed. It's an honor issue in people's lives. It's an honor issue. What would happen to a church? What would happen to all of our churches? You would have an explosion overnight. Because God is not going to not show up in a place that honors Him. And it's not just honoring Him. Well, we're lifting our hands when they say, lift your hands. We're lifting hands, but we're not living the way we're supposed to be living at home. There's no honor there. There's no honor there. There's no reverence. There's no fear of God there. This isn't saying, you know, I'm not saying this to, to condemn you. I'm saying this to help provoke conviction in your life so that you come to a place in your own life that you're honest with yourself. Proverbs chapter 2, look at this. Proverbs 2. And I want to uh, read Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. It says, My son, if thou wilt receive my word. See, that's the problem. People don't receive his word. You can tune me out. He said, if you receive my words, you can tune me out, walk out of here and say, you know, that was a good message and not do anything with it. And then wonder why God's not moving in our lives and God's not healing us and God's not delivering us and things not happening in our life. It's not about works. It's about honor. He said, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto my wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou wilt Christ after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou wilt seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hidden treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He said when we start seeking God, Seeking his wisdom, seeking his word, seeking him like treasure. Not like convenience, like treasure. That it means so much to you to get into the word. That it means so much to you to get into worship. It means so much to you to get into God's presence. He said when you take an attitude that way, that you're trying to hunt for treasure. He said you'll find it, you'll find wisdom, you'll find me. Searching it like treasure. People spend entire fortunes going after a treasure. When they do, nothing else matters. Total focus is finding the lost treasure. Some of them lose relationships. Some of them lose entire fortunes looking for a fortune. What if we took the attitude that this is the hidden treasure? And actually in Isaiah, it says it's the Lord's treasure, the fear of the Lord. Isaiah 60, he says it's the fear of the Lord. It's his treasure and yours. That when we're looking into this word and we're feeding on the word and we're making adjustments in our life and we're, uh, we're, we're approaching it and we're uh, handling it like a treasure. He said that's when you'll find wisdom. That's when you'll know what to do. When you fear the Lord. 
The New Living Translation out of verse 1, it says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my command. Listen to what I say and treasure my command. In Isaiah 33, 6, it says, like I said, it's his treasure and yours. We need to approach our relationship with God like a hidden treasure. We need to approach our relationship with God like there's so much that I can discover. There's so much to learn. There's so much about God I don't know. And as I'm going after God with all of my heart, I begin to dig into this treasure. And it begins to minister to me. And I walk in the wisdom. And I walk in godliness. And I walk in holiness. And things are changing in my life because I'm digging like it's a treasure. That's the way we should be handling and looking at God's word. Are you with me? And the fear of the Lord, when you do that, it's like a treasure that you receive. When they find that box and they open it up and they go, ah. God said that too over in Deuteronomy. Ah, that they would fear me. And when we find hidden treasures in the word, it's like, ah, I found that. And now I can use it in my wisdom. I can use it in my guidance. I can use it in my life. Thank you, Lord, for that treasure. Revelation don't come to people that are idle. It don't come to people that won't fear the Lord. We have to dig and, and, and fellowship and love God. And when he says, you know that show you've been watching, that all they show is people having committing adultery on one another. All they show is people having fornication with one another. All it shows is rebellion. Get rid of that out of your life. The fear of the Lord acts. We don't need to watch them series no more. Because I care more about God and my relationship with Him. And I need to make adjustments in my life. This is what the fear of the Lord will produce. It produces a holiness. It produ- that's what the fear of the Lord does. It will produce holiness. How many of y'all know holiness is not a woman wearing a jean dress and a bun on top of her head? They're usually ornery. Just saying, they're not, sometimes not very nice. If you treasure the Lord, you value Him. If you treasure the Lord, you honor Him. If you treasure the Lord, you're aware of Him. If you treasure the Lord and you fear the Lord, you hear from Him. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I want to, I don't have but five more minutes here. Um, I want to go over here. Do you get anything out of this? First Peter chapter 1. This is just, it's like faith, such a massive subject. So, First um, Peter chapter 1. Remember the question I asked when we started said, do we fear the Lord? Well, if we fear the Lord, then we obey the Lord. If we fear the Lord, we obey His Word. That's how I know that I fear the Lord. When He speaks to you through your pastor or through prayer or through worship or whatever avenue He uh, selects, how do we respond to Him? How do we yield to Him? What is our attitude toward that? All that matters. And in Peter's writings here, uh, so many more scriptures we can look at, but uh, we need to move on here. Uh, in Peter's writings, this is one of the things that Peter brings to our attention. Is this is so important. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, it says here in verse 14, 
It says, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, or we can say lifestyle. Conversation is not just talking about your words. Of course, it would include that. He's talking about a lifestyle. <laughs> that we live a lifestyle of holiness. Amen. What is holiness? Holiness is yielding to the word and living by the word. It's God's word living through you. Amen. It's God's word. You're in agreement with God's word. So he says, be ye, uh, be, but as ye, verse 15, but as, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of lifestyle. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. That be means you have to do it. means you have to cooperate with God. Are you with me? And then he says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, pass this time, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. What is Peter saying? He's saying, listen, as long as you live this time on this earth, this is only the dressing room for eternity. And as long as you live this life, how should I live, Lord? You should sojourney in fear. You should live this life or carry your life out. This journey of your life should be done in the fear of God. That's what he's talking about. It should be the thing that's in the forefront, uh, for, uh, forefront of my thinking. Yes. In fact, Deuteronomy tells us that, that we should write the word on the frontlets between our eyes and on our hands. And we should have the word all the way around us. Yes. He said, so your life, you and our lives should be led and leaded and guided and submitted to the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. And when it does, you'll, you'll have a blessed life. And notice the fear of the Lord, it produces holiness. The fear of the Lord produces two things in these verses. Number one, it produces obedience. And it produces holiness. And so when I'm walking in the fear of the Lord, I'm allowing God to speak through me, to me. And I'm willing to yield to Him. And I'm willing to make the changes that I need to make. And I think now more than ever, if we're going to see the power and the anointing and miracle working power in a level that we've never seen and people getting out of wheelchairs and arms growing and eyes and all that, this has got to be taught continually. And it's got to be something that we embrace, not reject. And it's got to be something that we work on at home. We work on our, our, our lives at home. Because you bring that atmosphere here. Yes, sir. And when that atmosphere meets this atmosphere, there's power. Yeah. Because then we become unity with one another. Yeah. We're in unity with one another. Just being in the same room don't mean we're in unity. We're in unity with one another when we're flowing together with the word. We're all working together. We're all making adjustments. We're not perfect, but we're working toward it. We're perfect in our spirit, but we're working through our spirit, with the word to get our flesh in divine order. And it's a progress, and it takes time. But as long as we keep moving, how many of y'all know we're going to get there? 
Praise the Lord. We need to get in unity with God's word. We need to say, yes, Lord, to your word. I see that in my life. It's not right. And I ask you to help me. I want to get that out of my life or get that person out of my life or get that thing out of my life. Whatever God puts his attention on. Because when people get in unity around the fear of the Lord, this is where real power is. This is where the power falls, like Psalms 133 says. When we're in unity, there God commands the blessing, even life forevermore. He said it's like the, the, he said the anointing is like the dew of Hermon. And that, that, that anointing flows from the head all the way down. And when all of us make a decision that we're going to do our best to walk in the fear of the Lord, then we're now becoming more in unity. And we will become more in unity. It says it's like that dew of Hermon. It starts at the top and it flows all the way out. And what's interesting about dew, if you ever went camping or something like that, and you go in your tent, and you get out of your tent, and when there's dew, everything is wet. There's nothing that's left that's not wet. Nothing that's left that's untouched. And dew is formed by atmosphere. When the atmosphere is right, there is dew present. And that's why he is saying in Psalms 133, when we get the atmosphere right in our home, when we get the atmosphere right in our church, when we get the atmosphere right, there will be power that falls on everybody in that room and nobody will leave unwet. Just like dew touches everything, so will God's power. It'll raise people up. It'll heal people. It'll deliver people. It'll set people free because we've all made a decision to move in this valley, to move this direction together in the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Dew's all about atmosphere. What is God's power today? It's all about atmosphere. It's like your pastor said, can we, can we all get in agreement? Can we all get up now? What is he trying to do? Create atmosphere. For what? That's conducive for God's spirit to move. I know I'm out of time. I went over a little bit. But there's a lot to talk about in that. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I want to see God's power in my life and in the local church like I've never seen it. And it does not happen by me praying. It happens by me doing in my own life. And bringing this vessel to the church for God to move through all of us. Atmosphere. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Father, we're grateful for your word. We're thankful for what you're doing in our lives. And Father, I thank you for this message. And although I know it's not an easy one to hear, it's something we do need to hear because it helps us to relocate ourselves, or to locate ourselves rather, and where we are with you. And Lord, we all are in some ways growing. We know that. We're all moving forward. But I pray for this congregation right now. And I pray that if there are those that are in this congregation that need to repent over things in their life that they know aren't right. And I'm not going to ask them what it is. It's none of my business. But if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor, I need to get some things right with God and I need to repent, then I'm going to ask you to come up here and I want to pray over all of us. It's important that you move. It's important that you respond. And if God has spoken to you today and there are things that you need to get right with God, no matter how small you think they are or how large they are, 
that we need to repent before the Lord, then I want you to come and stand down here with me. You need to consecrate yourself at a different level than you come. If you feel like, you know, I've just been a little bit drifty here, come. If you feel like I need to reconsecrate myself and dedicate myself to the Lord because I don't feel as on fire as I used to be, I want you to come. Praise the Lord. Come now in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, come. Father, I thank you for speaking to them. Those that need to come, the opportunity that you give us all, and these opportunities won't always be here, but Lord, we have that opportunity now. And I thank you, Lord, right now in Jesus' name for the Holy Spirit to speak to the lives of your people. And the Holy Spirit to speak to the lives of your people. That you will confirm the word that we just preached in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for these that are up here. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that their relationship with you will go to a whole nother level. Now, Father, that once we repent over whatever we're repenting over, you know why we're here. I believe for a fresh anointing, you said repent. So the times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for your refreshing to come upon these. That they're here. And those that don't think they need to be here, Father, I pray that you would prompt them now to come. That's God tugging on your heart, come. And I thank you right now, Father, for making this message so real to them that this is a turning point in their life in the mighty name of Jesus. That they're done with the world, they're done with things, they're done with mediocrity, they're done with casualness, they're done with the casualness of their of their walk with you. And they're recommitting themselves to you this morning. So I pray right now, and you that are up in this line, you pray this with boldness. Don't just murmur it. You just pray it with strength. That God, your Father, the King of kings, is listening to you right now. Say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And Father God, I ask you right now to forgive me of any sin in my life, of any casualness in my life. I ask you right now to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You know why I'm standing here. I'm not hiding it from you. I'm bringing it out and I am going to change. With the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to be more on fire, more dedicated, more consecrated to you more than I ever have. And right now, I rededicate myself and consecrate myself to serve you in the fear of the Lord all the days of my life. And I thank you right now. In Jesus' name, take hold of my life. Make me what you want me to be. And I thank you, Lord, that the fear of the Lord is manifesting in my life. In Jesus' name.
Now, Father, I thank you that as I lay my hands, I'm going to lay my hands on you, and I believe, God, for a fresh anointing on your life. A fresh anointing, just like it said, if you will repent, and you have, and turn, there's a fresh anointing for you this morning, in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.